Will Rey Skywalker have children? Tune in next time on The Star Wars. Just kidding. Hey everybody, welcome to The Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday. We hope your May is off to a wonderful start. We hope you had a great Star Wars day. We hope the 4th was with you. Uh, and you had a great weekend and all that good stuff. But we're back. So we're here to kick away the Monday blues and dive into our discussion show. We're back on our normal rotation discussion shows on Monday. If you didn't have a chance, check out our show from May the 4th. We talked about the latest Star Wars news, including our thoughts on Star Wars Visions and Young Jedi Adventures and the new toys and a lot of cool stuff. Um, But I'm John with me as always, James and Lacey. And we have to remind everybody that two weeks from tomorrow, I'll make sure I have that math right. Make Solo 2 Happen Day is coming back, baby. We are bringing it back. Tuesday, May 23rd, Make Solo 2 Happen Day. So if you love Solo and you just want to celebrate your love for Solo, or if you want to shout from the top of your YT-1300 that you want more Solo, a Solo 2, a Solo series, add Han and Chewie into the Lando series, whatever, take it to your social media accounts on Tuesday. You'll get a lot of attention uh, and use the hashtag Make Solo 2 Happen. And let's have another great day celebrating this amazing underdog movie. Um, and listen, you know, we've been doing this for a few years now. We took last year off because we were at Celebration Anaheim. But, you know, the VP of ILM, Rob Bordeaux, says, we're, we hear you. Keep going. We want it. Uh, Jonas Sotomo, a lot of the actors involved, the writers, the director, a lot of people keep saying, go, go, go. We would love to do it. Lawrence Kasdan, greatest Star Wars screenwriter of all time, in my opinion, said the only thing he would come back for is to write for more uh, solo. So... Mm-hmm. We're going to do it, and I'm excited. So two weeks from tomorrow, very, very excited. And James, I believe we slapped a little discount on the shirts on our uh, store so people can get uh, a decent rate for Make Solo 2 Happen shirts. But how are you guys doing? you guys uh, over May the 4th? Are you excited about Make Solo 2 Happen Day? How are you doing overall? I definitely am still recouping from like Star Wars weekend, which is kind of what I call like the every t- the whole three days after May the 4th. Yeah. Um, Cause there's just so much stuff that comes out that it's almost impossible to like really take it in, in one day. So you spend Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of processing some of the other stuff that you didn't get to see. So it's kind of a Star Wars uh, weekend, Star Wars vacation sort of thing uh, and get to see a bunch of new announcements and stuff and fan made things and all sorts of crazy cool stuff. Yeah, I, I, it's just a lot of Star Wars lately, you know, celebration and then May the 4th right on the corner and then we're doing Make So to Happen and it's the anniversary of Star Wars. But um, yeah, I kind of caught up on stuff over the weekend that I might have missed because we talked about it last week. Just so much stuff comes out on May the 4th, like not just content from Star Wars themselves, but also like content creator stuff merch all those different things that you just have to kind of catch up on like everything that's going on um and then i went to a local toy show over the weekend so that was fun uh i've been curating my collection and making room for new stuff so i sold some of my stuff wow would would, anything you could reveal that you sold no secrets (laughs) secrets but i might have picked up new stuff so who really won (laughs) Mm. <laughs> one Daddy. in one out 
Very interesting. Um, John Kasdan, if you're listening, come on the podcast. Let's talk about your work. Let's talk about Solo. Uh, also, this to. message uh, also counts for Alden Ehrenreich. Open door. Come on in. Let's talk Star Wars. But there is one thing we need to talk about, James. And that one thing is what? It's one with the Force. The Force is with me. And I'm one with the Force. It has been a little while since we've done a one with the Force. And is that our saddest that segue? That was in- so... Is what is Bay is Bay's our saddest segue for all of our segments? Yeah, probably. Between the two of you doing that, what's the one thing we're to- and then it goes, I am divorced. Like he's like dying from the lame joke. And then we come back on and we're all like <laughs> I love I love the intro though, because we had the two segments and one of them's cheered, one of them's bays. So I think those are yeah. good choices. Yeah. Uh, but it's no, just, it's a wonderful. And I think quote, that's the only time he says sad. it too. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I love it. And the 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 violins, Michael Giacchino, come on the podcast, open door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you uh, are new to the show and you haven't ever come across one with the force, the segment, we're basically going to pitch an idea, and we're only allowed to give one answer. So we are we can pick one thing. And that has to be our thing. Uh, so you'll get the idea as we move along here. Uh, we're going to start with this. John wrote this. He says, great Scott. You traveled in a time machine back to 1982 and went to the set of the return or <laughs> went to the set of return of the Jedi. And you can keep one item from that set, regardless of size. What are you taking? Of course, we don't want to take like something from an entire situation you know i would take the ewok village like that's kind of ridiculous We're, let's not talk about that but the redwood forests of northern california yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. death star uh two if, please, <laughs> the old death star to um, scale yeah but let's uh let's kick it off with you john um what would be your one thing that you would take this is very tough for me now i have an opportunity because you went to me first to completely snipe Gilleran out of the sky here. Not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because I'm a good guy. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Yoda puppet. And the reason for that is, it's because it's the it's like a very specific puppet. It's not one that I think that they went, went, went back and reused because I think for The Last Jedi, they went back to the molds of Empire Strikes Back. It was gone, gone. They didn't take care of it. Yeah, so if I could go and take the Return of the Jedi Yoda puppet, knowing that was the last puppet before he died, uh, I think that would be something that I would have displayed and make sure it was preserved and in good shape. Uh, so I'm going with the Yoda puppet. Um, I think, honestly, when I think about this movie, one of the big pivotal moments for me is the fight between Luke and Darth Vader. And probably the climax of the movie is the the moment when he throws down the lightsaber and i just kind of wanted to take that lightsaber <laughs> luke's it's lightsaber a simple answer because i feel like lightsabers are kind of a dime a dozen like you could probably go on any site and probably find an exact yeah. replica of that but i think just something special about saying no but that's the one that's that's the one mark hamill was holding and he tossed down and said you know you can't you can't make me do it and so, james I'm gonna go with you that. know that that's a double like bonus p 
piece of memorabilia because I believe that's the same prop Alec Guinness used for Obi-Wan's lightsaber in A New Hope. They just did a Hasbro repaint it. it. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Lacey, what do you think? This is tough for me because I have multiple items that I could go through. This is very tough. Come on. So I could say Han Solo and Carbonite. That's one. I could say that. Yeah. I could say Leia's gold bikini. Always wanted that. I'd totally take it. Um, I'm going to actually fall back on the Rancor puppet because I think that's cooler than anything else in Return of the <laughs> like Jedi. Small one? The one they used to film that's like this big. The one that, that Phil Tippett's Phil- hand was inside. Phil Tippett said that his hand got so blistered and swollen that he couldn't keep, he couldn't take his hand out in between takes. So he had to eat his lunch sandwich while having his hand up inside the <laughs> rancor. Phil Tippett, come on the podcast because I would love to hear more about this story. But I would take that, no doubt. I would totally take that rancor. Phil Tippett checking rancor prostates. Uh, it was actually or, a hilarious story. And like yeah. immediately, I, as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, this is going to go nuts on social. And it totally did. <laughs> wow. So the Han Solo and Carbonite, you officially can never ask that again on Patreon. Uh, Chris and Andy, uh, where's my Han Solo? (laughs) (laughs) Those are all good picks, though, I think. James, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty good one. Um, One that I kind of kicked around was the Emperor's Throne. But I don't buy things, man. I I look at that and I'd be like, I don't know what I would do with this. now. You're you're not buying it. You're taking it. I know, but that's what I'm. That's why I don't buy things, is because I, oh. I look at it and I go, once I have that, what do I do with it? You know? Would you podcast um, in the emperor's chair? Oh, that's a good. That's a good thought. I could have that. There you go. I really do want um, that gold bikini. I bought that cosplay once. It was not good. It was not good. So did you get it on Wish? What? Did you get it on Wish? I actually don't know. I think I got it on Amazon, but. So like, you know how our bikini is like kind of like it's gold and then there's like a cloth piece on the inside. Yeah. The gold pieces were like cheap costume material, like that rubbery material. And it wasn't a solid piece. It was only folded in half and it was hollow. So it wouldn't lay the way it was supposed to lay. It would like kind of like crease over and it wouldn't sit right. So Hmm. I returned it. I was like, this sucks. So I'd have to They had the actual one at the Power of Costume exhibit in New York City. I got to check it out. Yeah, I went to that too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. before we knew each other, I think. Yeah. Um, but the ships passing in the night. What What would you do? Put it on a mannequin and just put it in the corner of the room? No, I'd wear it. Get out of here! Really? I totally wear it. Hundred percent. I mean, she did just describe wearing it. She said it didn't work. I did try it on. It, it, it just yeah. it the pieces weren't right. So if anybody has plans out there in the interwebs of how to make your own, please let me know. Japan, here I um, come. You're you're back to what? the future. Is, is <laughs> is big on this question because you're like get out of town i didn't know you did anything creative <laughs> oh back to the future yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> full circle yeah yeah all right how many people question? are going to hold me to that in japan that's the real question you you want to talk about clipping out parts of the show i mean <laughs> i will you, do Lauren. it if people want me to i'll good do it i got you, two years Kaylerin. Good for you. The what's the wait? The what, John, what's the, what, John should right. wear it. That's who should really be. If we get, it. if we get to, I'll tell the you right question. now. <laughs> if we get to fifty, no, if we get to a hundred thousand 
YouTube subscribers before the next celebration, I will wear a Leia bikini at celebration. Who wore it best? So subscribe subscribe to the channel if you want to see it. Yeah. And then if we get to 200, James will also wear it. Um, So the three of us will... James will just... James will will go full birthday suit on the convention floor. Yeah. So wait a minute. What's the weather like? That's another thing. Japan. What's the Japan, Japan weather? Cherry blossoms. No one's wearing a bikini. Then it's gonna be cold. Okay. First of all, you're inside. You're in a con- convention center. Oh, you would wear it at the convention? Yes. That's oh, I thought the you point. would like just go to the beach or something. No, <laughs> I'd oh. wear it to the Star Wars convention that we would be attending. Right. It comes with knee high boots, so you get a little coverage. Yeah, good for you, Dylan. All right, it'd be kind of warm in that. Then I'll wear, uh, and I'll do pink uh, shorts, boom mic guy. I saw him yeah. at celebration. There were a couple of them. The the real guy passed not too long ago, but I know. Um, if we get to five hundred thousand subscribers, <laughs> I'll do pink shorts, boom mic guy. You just these numbers are oh, yeah That's best half of luck. a million subscribers. To mm. see your junk in <laughs> some pink shorts. No, let's stop it now. Family friendly. <laughs> Do you want me to read the next question? <laughs> yeah. What a piece of right. junk. <laughs> <laughs> you bought the time machine out of a DeLorean? Um, the Oscars <laughs> need to change things up a bit and have ha- added a saddest scene ever category. What scene from all of Star Wars would you submit for your con- for the consideration to have that be the best chance of winning? What, what do you think? Uh, well, I'll kick it off. Uh, I- I'll go. I think that Jen Erso watching the video of her father. Oh, that is probably the saddest moment that I can think of because every time I see it, it hits me and I think it's the music uh, mixed with, um, have you seen, there's a video going around from um, Brian Cranston on hot ones. And he talks about when you're supposed to cry and when you're not supposed to cry. And he says, when an actor cries, the audience doesn't have to, Uh, but he explains it a lot better than I do. But when he says, but when you, you, but when an actor gets, close but doesn't it's trying not to that's yeah. when the audience can mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um that's what i think is happening in that scene i think you're watching her struggle through that video and try her hardest not to have an emotional reaction to that she just can't do it she has to. there is i don't know about you two guys Lacey. i'm not sure if you're there yet there is nothing that breaks my heart more than seeing my kids you visibly seeing them trying to hold back from crying it's i'm not there yet she cries all the time about like the smallest of things like hey this cracker broke let me cry because knowing that he's like you know johnny's four he he's has that awareness he's trying to control yeah yeah he doesn't want people to see him cry and stuff and i don't like i feel so bad that he like feels that way and it's just like oh it breaks my heart so james you're probably right like it probably just extends throughout whatever like you're just seeing someone like seeing someone cry makes me sad alone but seeing someone like trying to hold it back there's something about it i agree that's a good point yeah all right well what do you think john what's the what's uh, topic saddest scene saddest scene ever i i i struggled with this a lot because i was really thinking about things that made me like 
emotional while watching Star Wars. I think uh, for Visions season season two episode two. <laughs> that's I don't know if that that's sad. That thing like messed yeah, me up. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with and people are gonna hit shout the recency thing at me, but something about the final duel between <sighs> uh, Vader and Obi Wan in Obi Wan Kenobi after he slices his mask off and you see him saying like i'm sorry for all of it for everything and you see just a completely shell of who anakin was looking through that mask and saying like you didn't kill anakin i did and you know i'm not your failure obi-wan and then just i mean one of the best acting performances i've ever seen in star wars and people say what they want about obi-wan kenobi series but ewan mcgregor did such a good job and in that scene that might have been the best performance he's had in his entire star wars run just like sobbing and and like almost that that crying where he can't control it and he's just like unloading everything that was on his shoulders and on his mind this whole time probably going into that duel not knowing how he would feel whether it's like i have to stop him he, I, I don't think Obi-Wan realized how overcome he would be with emotion in seeing Anakin's real eye again. I think that whole thing just like in that moment came to the surface and Ewan McGregor delivered it so incredibly well and, and Deborah Chow got that out of him. Um, that made me really, really sad to see that because you still felt like Obi-Wan was still... He, I think he was letting go of it because he eventually does say goodbye, Darth. And that to me, that's him releasing Anakin. But in that moment where it, he was finally dealing with it all and confronting all of it at once, uh, that really made me sad. Could could I potentially be that guy for a second? Because that's a great choice. You, you want to submit you, it for an Oscar? So that's television. That's true. In this fantasy world where the Oscars are doing saddest scene ever, I'm going to pretend that I can do it. <laughs> yeah, but you would have pushed back on James and said, James, it's television. That's not movie. Uh, you said if, right. if you were to submit for consideration, that would have the best chance of winning that Oscar. And that's a pretty <clears throat> poor submission for something that's not even, it doesn't even qualify. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. My real answer I'm is. Just the, I'm just messing with you. When, when the. Answer. When the EOP blasts a fart in Jar Jar's face and then Jar Jar says it's stinky, I felt really sad for the EOP. Yeah. All right. Well. I think I think I think what you maybe could have gone with in a serious note is the Ewok dying. I thought that's what he was gonna say. That's where I thought you were going too. Yeah. Is that your pick? No. No, he already I, gave us I already said my pick. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> Let's see what, what's your pick for saddest scene ever um i'm gonna pick and it can the, be in tv i was just as josh no 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 mine's from a movie i'm gonna pick the scene that originally made me cry when i first watched it when i was very little which was return of the jedi um vader kind of redeeming himself to luke that scene killed me when i was little like when he takes his helmet off and you don't know what he looks like underneath and he's just this like sad old man that's just barely hanging on and is basically almost begging for forgiveness from his son for everything that he's done um it just made me so sad because 
there was this triumphant moment where he finally turns to the light and saves his son. And you want them to leave together, even though that's ridiculous, right? But as a little kid, you want them to leave together to have a happy ending and be like father and son again, <laughs> like be a family. But it's just so sad to watch him die and know that that's Luke's only good memory with his father, really, is that moment of recognition for what he's done for saving him and luke will never get to know his father more than that moment and for me that was just heartbreaking when i was little even to now that right. it's a tough scene for me to watch because he's just so kind of uh what's the word i'm looking for like delicate he's like like you just want to hug him because even though he's this terrible person that's done these terrible things just to be reminded that all of us deep down are just humans. We're all just like people with feelings and experiences and all these other things that th it's just like this baseline of who we are. And that to me is just like so sad because you just mm. want them to leave there. And then the fact that he then burns his father at this big moment that's supposed to be like a nice like oh burial, it's still sad. It's like you finally meet your father for who he is, who you've said he is, and he's not here anymore. Yeah. So then uh, they bring you back up at the end, right? Because that's what George Lucas does. He brings you down, and then he brings you right, right. back up. Did you say sad old man? Yeah. He was only 45 when he died. Yes, but when you look at him, he looks right. very beat up. All right. I won't take it personally. I'll say this. <clears throat> I don't think he was like... I don't know how old the actor was, but I don't I don't think when they did the original trilogy and they revealed that person that like 45 was the age age. I think that's sort no, of No, I'm just kidding around. Because of the prequels yeah. and stuff. I think at that time you were looking at like 55 easily plus. More, like Are you ready higher. to be even sadder? I looked this up the other day. How old Sebastian you... Shaw is? No, he's got to be dead by now. I meant at the time of filming. I uh, he was probably wrong. like 62 or something back then. But mm -hmm. the, Leia is the oldest living Skywalker, and she died at 54 years old. Yeah, it is very depressing. Thank you for bringing that up. Luke died at 53. <laughs> Thanks, Shmi Disney. Shmi died at 50. And, and Anakin died at 45. Yeah, And Ben Solo sad. died at 30 or whatever. Yeah, super sad. Tragic. Yeah. This cool. is Skywalkers. Terrible. Terrible. No happy ending for them. All right. Well, let's, let's get to Ray, Ray Skywalker, question. who got to be about Helen Mirren's age. <laughs> Wait, James, why am I having a, a senior moment? What was? Why did I forget what your saddest moment was? Uh, Rogue One. He said Rogue oh, One. Ben, right, right. Ben, you even responded to it and talked about your <laughs> son. What? Yeah, I know, I know. I had a moment. He just, it, right. it was blanking. It's an order or something. We're going yeah. in. Let's move on to the next one here because we all want Alden Ehrenreich to return mm -hmm. to Han Solo. Uh, so what we're going to do here is we're going to name another Star Wars live action character uh, that we would want to see return to the franchise that isn't already. So let's try to stay away from like Donald Glover's and Daisy Ridley's and things like that. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off right away. I think my answer, um, you know, we were just talking about the Oscars. I think, Oscar Isaac, I he's not scheduled to come back. Um, he we just got a Dune trailer, and I'm not giving away any spoilers, but I don't think he's in that one. Um, so he's not doing that. 
I haven't heard Zachary anything about Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Yeah. I'm like, man, this guy was on a roll and he deserves it and he's good. But every time the the next thing comes up and including Star Wars, everybody's talking about Daisy Ridley, John Boyega. He's not in the conversation, really. I mean, he is, but only tangentially. I, am I using that word right? But I just I want to see Oscar Isaac again in Star Wars. Uh, and I, I want him involved. I want him around. I want him in those movies. I think that would be great. I love the guy. I want to see more from him. And uh, that's going to be my pick. I want to see Poe Dameron. John? John, what do you got? I don't, I'm having a hard time with this one. Um, <laughs> Did you read the show notes? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I want Amelia Clark back as Kira. Oh, it's a good one. That is a good I, one. I, she wants to do it. She said on podcasts and in interviews, she wants to do it. She loved the character. She said like, oh, I loved the movie. I'm glad you guys like it too. Like she just had no idea that people really loved it, which we do. Um, yeah. I thought she was a perfect casting. There is a huge kind of love for her character. Um, and I would just really like to see based on the stories that we're getting from the comics and, and the books and whatnot to see her get to play that out on screen. Cause she said she did, she did have ideas of where the character was going, where the character had been. And I would like to explore that m- more. Yeah. Plus they have a know, really good love story that I'd like to see play out on screen. Yeah. That's such a good pick. I wish I thought of that, but it, it, it made me think of one that's a no doubter for me too. And, um, I'm going to go with um, Enfys Nest. Good one. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go with Enfys Nest. I feel like seeing that character, because everyone keeps talking about her and you know what she did, and she dropped the plans off to, to Jin or so. Because um, Jin was another one I was thinking about, because I think recently uh, Felicity Jones talked about, like, there's still a possibility that you know, I could come back as Jin Erso and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about her and I was like, that could be one. But then with Willow and, and seeing Aaron Kellyman do that. And she was so great there. And she seems to love being involved with this stuff. And you know how mm-hmm. much that means to me. Mm-hmm. I think seeing Enfys Nest again would be so cool. And you could do that in a solo follow-up, of course, but she's a young character, young actor. I think it would be just so cool to see, uh, and that's because for most of solo, it was this sort of disguise that this this guys that she was this bad person. We didn't know who she was. We only really got to see the real Enfys Nest for a very small snippet at the end there. Um, so I think more of that character would be very cool. So I'm going to go with uh, Enfys Nest, Aaron Kellyman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you know, we're a solo podcast where we're not allowed to answer two, the- specifically two. People I know. I know. <laughs> and you guys found the other two characters. Yeah. <laughs> I racked I my like, brain for, for out. An, that's fine. I'll just but, move on to something else. I I racked my brain for an original trilogy person, and I was like, I was like, I couldn't really think of one. And then sequel trilogy, you hit the big one, James, with Oscar. I was gonna say Carrie Russell. I wanted more of uh, Zori Bliss. That that's a, yeah, that's a good pick too. And then prequels, you know, it's kind prequels of prequels is hard because distant. What are you people? Do? Yeah. Th- there will be people who will say Samuel L. Jackson because they want Mace Windu to be alive. I know people in the comments are gonna say that. Um, and I you think could that's say Ewan yeah. McGregor. He's not scheduled to come back right now. Right. Or uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah, there's there's definitely. Uh, right. Pick, but yeah, I liked I liked your answers. I thought those are all pretty solid answers. So. 
Um, yeah, I don't think you'd be able to say Hayden Christensen because right now, as far as we know, he might actually be showing up in Ahsoka and other things. Yeah. So He's listed he actually... too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. Well, that's going to be it for one with the force. Uh, Lacey, do you want to take us into our next section? Yep. Guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube. We're almost passing 2K, which we appreciate as we are rebuilding our YouTube sh- uh, page channel. Um, you can follow us on 200,000. <laughs> 200 would be great. Uh, James has to wear a bikini at that point. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on social media at TRB Podcasts. Uh, we're on all the different channels, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, etc. Um, you can follow us on the audio platforms, which we truly appreciate. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, etc. Please leave us a review if you have the time. It really helps us out, lets new people find us. Um, but if you want to do more than that, if you want to be a part of the resistance and support what we're doing here, you know, we have a lot of dreams and goals that we want to see come to fruition. And with your support, we can do that, whether it be traveling, updating equipment, or, you know, eventually having our dream job, which would be to do this full time. That's what you're helping us mm-hmm. accomplish. So you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starting at just $5 a month. That's it. You get full access to the page and we put on more content and more stuff than any other podcast out there. I could tell you because I'm the one that posts it. It is a lot. Uh, we do live streams. We do uh, weekly videos, behind the scenes, uh, polls, and all different types of stuff. We have a Discord server. And I have to tell you, it's one of the best communities out there. Everyone is so supportive. They'll help you with anything. They just like talking about Star Wars and having a good place. And a lot of the people there have actually left social media just to be part of this community so that they don't have to be in the craziness sometimes of social media. But despite that, this is the part of the show where we let those people take part and be in the show and have a spotlight. So these are our generals and spice runners. We want to thank those people first. So thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Mike Harrison, Colin Cormer, Hass, uh, Aslam, Ryan Wara, and Jolton Jedi DiMaggio. One of the thank best you. names ever. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much. And our spice runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelnar, Kendall Gelnar, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you guys so much for thank keeping you, it spicy. You. This week we have Aaron Ellington. And up, Aaron? we're excited to have him back. And his question is, Return of the Jedi is returning to theaters, has brought a lot of memories for fans. What is your favorite memory seeing a Star Wars movie in a theater? So Aaron, take it away. Hello, TRB. My name is Aaron, and this is my son. Aaron. And our question this week is around what was our favorite memory of seeing Star Wars in the theater? When the original trilogy came out, neither of us were alive yet, so we don't remember that. Um, when the prequel trilogy came out, I do remember that, and specifically Revenge of the Sith and seeing Anakin's fall to the dark side and becoming Darth Vader, even though I knew it was going to happen, watching and seeing how it happened was really powerful and memorable. Um, uh, and that was really cool to see. Uh, when the sequel trilogy came out, uh, Andy was around, but he was a little bit young to go in the theater um, to go see the new movies on premiere. Um, but the company I worked for at the time uh, did buy out a theater every time a new Star Wars movie came out and allowed us to go for free with our families. So I was able to go with my wife, and that was a lot of fun and, and a cool experience. 
Um, but recently, Andy and I were able to go to see Return of the Jedi in theaters again as it came back, and that was really cool. And seeing you seeing a Star Wars movie on the big screen for the first time, right, Andy? Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about that? Why do you like uh, Return of the Jedi? Because of the Ewoks! Ah! <laughs> yep, he loves the Ewoks. Um, but if I had to pick my favorite um, memory of seeing a Star Wars movie in the theater, I know it's kind of a cheat answer, but I think that's going to still be a future memory. Um, with the three new movies coming out and Andy being old enough now to, to kind of share those moments in the theater with us, um, it's going to be a really powerful and incredible experience. Right, Andy? Yeah. What do you think, Ewok? Yep, no. <laughs> all right. That's all we got. I hope my answer's okay, and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Nice job, Aaron. <laughs> so much like these pod races have just escalated as time has gone on people have like theatrics they have special effects aaron well done it was great to see you and your your son andy who's the best um so john what'd you think i like that andy is already such a professional that he was pointing at the ewok which was clearly added in post um, <laughs> great job andy uh no great answer fellas it's good to see you uh you guys look like you always have such a good time so mm -hmm. um but i liked your answer because you both had different answers um i do remember seeing i've seen every star wars movie in theaters but the original trilogy not until the special edition and i did go see revenge uh return of the jedi uh the other day uh i was by myself but it was so cool to see that in theaters so andy great answer uh, Revenge of the Sith, I remember seeing that uh, and watching that movie and throughout that whole movie wondering, you know, is this the moment where Anakin gets messed up? Is this it? There was, like you said, Aaron, you knew it was coming. Yeah, but yeah, but you, did, <laughs> but you weren't sure how it was going to go down. Um, but I, I really liked the third part of your answer best. And in, in other words, you're saying like, I think we haven't had our best moment yet. And it's really well put because it's going to be cool that you two we'll be able to see a Star Wars movie for the first time together. And I think that probably is going to be more special for you both. So great job. Uh, thanks for all the support. Hope you guys had an awesome May the 4th, awesome weekend, and uh, seeing the chats and stuff. And thanks for supporting TRB. Appreciate it. James? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, everything that John said as far as like uh, you had a great pick and uh, more to the point, I like what you had to say about potentially having that future greatest moment. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think I said something like that recently on the show. I was like, I, I think that the best thing about star Wars hasn't happened yet or something along those lines. I think like there's so much to come. Um, we're going to get these great moments. Uh, and, um, I think I, I heard right that that was the first time seeing a movie on the big screen was, mm -hmm. was this trip to go see return of the Jedi. Right. Mm hmm. So, I mean, it, that's cool. Then you just, it's, it's such a bright future. I'm getting excited about Bennett going to the theaters too. You know, uh, I can't wait to get to that point where I'm like, that movie's coming out. Let's just go see it. You know, yeah. I want to go see it. And like Rachel can do whatever she wants uh, she, or she can come with us or whatever. But like, <laughs> I just want to be able to like pop him in the car and we go see a yeah. movie because those are things that I want to go do, but I can't do because I have him. And if he gets to a certain age where he can just join me and be like my friend, you know, I mean, he's still going to be my son. I'm still going to be the parent, but like, I kind of want to hang out, you know, with, yeah. so it's like, it's just, it's a beautiful time. And I'm, I'm glad that you guys are getting to do that as well, Aaron. So Very thank cool. you. Thank you for doing the pod race too. Yeah. What a great, great pod race moment. Um, first of all, Andy, way to make, 
one of the best films, your first film in the theater, <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I'm so jealous. I didn't get a chance to see it this past week. It's just been a little crazy. Um, so I just didn't have the opportunity to see it. John was kind and asked me if I wanted to go, but it was during a work day. So sadly, I could not. But <laughs> that being said, um, I have to agree with you that I think the best is yet to come. Um, I myself have a young daughter. You know, she's not going to probably be old enough to see these movies for a little bit. But the idea that even she used to hate shoes, like to the point of having a mental breakdown every time I try to put shoes on her. She's now over that because if I say, hey, do you want to go out? She gets all excited and will run to the door and immediately try to put her shoes on because she knows she's going outside or going in the car. Um, so I can't wait for that to be like James said, like you want to go to a movie or something and she knows what that means and then excited to go somewhere because even though she's so young, just getting to do stuff with her, whether it's the grocery right. store or anywhere, it's just like such a delight going to story time at the library. So then it just moved out of a car seat and is now in a booster seat. Oh, and it's yeah. like life changing. Like the fact oh. that you can just like take grab it and like put it in somebody else's car or take it somewhere, <laughs> move it yeah. in and out, slide it over to the seat if you need it. Oh. It's just incredibly different having just that one little change. Uh, mm -hmm. It's so much easier to just get him in and out of the car. He just jumps in, sits down, buckles in, and then we're good to go. It's, it's funny you say Crazy. that. When I first had Daisy and we had her in like one kind of one of those carrier ones that lock in, you know, because she's so little, we yeah. then upgraded her to more of a sit-up car seat, which is like more, it's, it's literally like a lounger. I mean, it's like I a think very you have, we, we all have to do exactly the same thing. I think right. there's only so, like. So then the bigger car seat she's now in, which then eventually yeah. turns into a booster seat, is like a yeah. world of difference. You're like, oh, my God, this is an actual chair now that I can just put her in. Yeah. But <laughs> Before you, it was like this, you, like. Believe me, you still got the 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 straps and sure. the, all this other stuff. It's like there's another step that's even even nicer. And then obviously the next step after that, we're just going to take the booster seat out and he just gets in the put car. Put on the car. Better. Yeah. yeah but it's like, regardless, but, I'm excited yeah. to spend time with her just like you guys were talking about and like getting to be excited about things with her because right now it's like she wants to watch baby finn or coco melon and i can only do that for so long <laughs> you ever baby put finn? your kid to bed and that stuff's still on tv and you're just like wait what am i doing <laughs> do you, no the worst is when you wake up in the middle of the night and it's in your head shoes oh, yeah. shoes it's time mm. to put on shoes anyway thank you guys so much yeah. For your uh, answer, both you, Aaron and Andy. You guys are awesome. We hope to see you back for the Padres soon. Um, and now we're going to go to John. John, we got another section. What is it? Uh, our discussion is, will Ray have kids in the next Star Wars movie? Obi-Wan once thought as you do. I just thought, I just thought about this just now. I believe Aaron and Andy have done a pod race before, like last year. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if we can like see Andy growing as each like, time <laughs> he comes on the pod race. Pretty cool. Um, all right. So our discussion, we discussed this briefly in Ask the Resistance, uh, actually during our live podcast in London. Uh, thanks to Chris from our audience who had asked it. Caught uh, us off guard. It was so good. Yeah, but uh, it's a very interesting thought. So the next movie will take place 15 years after The Rise of Skywalker, as we now know, which would put Rey in her mid-30s. So is it possible that part of the next chapter in Rey's story 
is training her kids to be Jedi. Could they borrow that whole twins angle from the EU, which was also something George Lucas was rumored to want to explore in his sequel trilogy. Um, Cause he did ask JJ Abrams about Darth Vader's grandchildren. <laughs> um, do we think that this would be a good or bad idea? Uh, Ray just having kids in general, maybe they're not Jedi. Let's just talk about it. Um, because when that question was pitched, we all sort of like were caught off guard and we gave answers, but I think we had said like, we'll expand upon this on the show and now's that time. So I'm just going to start things off by saying, I think this is something they can realistically explore. And I think it can add a layer to this story that makes it unique, but also um, the whole it's poetry, it rhymes aspect of Star Wars. You can take those two characters if it's if they do the twins thing or if she has one kid and then see where that character takes the story for Ray. Um, there's a lot they can do there because I'll be honest, when I initially heard what the the story was, the premise for this next Star Wars movie, it's you know, Ray rebuilding the Jedi Order, and you guys had there's probably clips of me in the podcast saying i hope they don't just make it raise rebuilding the jedi order and we said that that multiple times and so that and i'm like torn because i'm so excited that she's coming back i still you know part of me still like woo a little too soon but all right let's go with it and then like a jedi order it's gonna be jedi type stuff we'll see i think if you add ray having kids to this it can add so many different things that they could possibly do with the story so it's very very interesting to me then it just starts making me, you know, get into these questions of like, well, who did she have the kids with? You know, and it's there's a big I, elephant. I don't. In well, it's not that one because that elephant's dead. But uh, <laughs> that's if you're talking that, about that, it doesn't that matter. Role. That's the elephant in the room. Yeah. Well, that's opinion. not happening. Yeah. But I think I don't want to speculate too much about this is what they're going to do with story details. I think to keep the focus of the discussion on just the idea of it. And would you be interested in it? Do you think it'd be cool? What do you guys think? I think what James is saying though, is something that a lot of fans have said. Do yeah, you know what uh, he's saying? Cause if we're I, saying the same I, things, James, it's that they think that she got pregnant from Ben. No, 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 the, no, no, no. Okay. Cause no. that's what a lot of fans have said from him putting his hand on her stomach, like in healing. My- her. Yeah. My thought is that's that disturbing. You It's got... not disturbing. I mean, Shmi had a baby through the Force. That's fair. Yeah, but that wasn't someone like like against your will just like putting that on you, you know. It's a touchy subject. I guess I don't know if it's against her will. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's like something that yeah. the Force wanted. We don't really know. That's, yeah, that's that's the point. Crazy. But people did say that, and I know that people even at celebration after our panel <clears throat> came up to me and said that, and were like, "His hand was on her stomach and stuff." So James, I didn't mean to cut you off. That I thought that's what you were saying because it was fresh in my mind from conversations at celebration. Well, so my my thought in on in on that is that you have a very touchy subject anyway because we know that the end of Rise of Skywalker had this whole like do we have them kiss? And then JJ's like, I kind of got to do it. But then 
you know, they, they gotta be this. So there's that relationship that's going on that even still today, I think this is partially or part of the reason why they don't do the Ben Solo action figure. There's something weird about that relationship that Lucasfilm doesn't want to involve. And I think if they get into this story and they tell you like, A, we're going to take you through a story where she falls in love with somebody different, that's going to be controversial with fans. And then you're also going to have a thing where they say, here, she's already married. Here's this other person. I think that's also going to be controversial with fans. I could see I that. I think the idea of the having kids is great. And I'm totally down for that story. But I'm wondering how realistic that story is because Lucasfilm walks on eggshells around that relationship of right. I hear what you're saying, James. My response to that, and that's, and I'm coming from the place that I thought that Ben and Ray should end up together. I was strongly in that boat. I was very upset when he died. I'm still upset that he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, although they, like you said, that it's very weird. He like did go into the forest, but he did go into the forest, and then they don't show him, and it's it's weird. Anyway, that being said, at the end of the movie, John, they don't show him next to Luke and Leia, and it's weird. It would be better if they just showed him because then it would be a definitive thing that he said. But this isn't a Ben conversation anyway. That being said, (sighs) I do think that Ray is a character. And I said this at Celebration as well, is from the moment we meet her, she's always just looking for her belonging and her family. And I don't think that you can look at her as a character and look at the way she reacted to those little girls, the Aki Aki, and not think that she wants children, that she wants a family. Um, And I think that her character would progress into that stage. Now, I agree with you. I think he does get into a little bit of confusing point of like, how did she get there? I think they could write it in and they could figure it out. Because at the end of the day, when you're in love with someone and something tragic happens and they pass away or the relationship ends, that doesn't mean you end. That just means that part of your life is over. So I can't see them shutting that down for her and not letting her find happiness in a family just because Ben Solo is no longer around. Yeah, we've seen it in Star Wars. Look at Solo. Han and Kira had a way stronger long-term relationship than Ben Solo and Rey did. And 10 years later, he meets Leia. You know, it's like, I I I am actually... I don't think it's a an impractical story i think that's a perfect story there is concern realistically yeah in the world of star wars fandom you yeah we're we're toying in a thing that is going to be controversial i mean as of already online as soon as they announced daisy's back everybody was talking about does that mean ben's coming back that was the first not everyone okay sorry a good chunk of fandom was yeah yeah a, a very specific niche of fandom was it's just I I'm getting bothered that every time we talk about Ray, people need to. Oh, I'm not saying you guys are, but people feel the need to blanket her with Ben Solo, and it's it's time to move forward with this story. It's Ray's story now. And, you know, it, we don't need to like. Are people going to be angry now if Ray has finds happiness after Ben Solo died? Sure. Who she. Yeah. Had a will they won't they relationship, not even like a serious I don't think so. I think that they will have to address him at some point though. I don't think they could go through the movie without addressing him, whether she mentions him And that's or, fine. But yeah. If you know, if the conversation is will Ray have kids in this movie that takes place I think 15 she will. years after the Rise of Skywalker, fifteen years after Ben Solo died. 
Mm-hmm. I my brain didn't go to oh Ben Solo Ben Solo Ben Solo. It just doesn't do that. I I think it's becoming it's getting a little bit much now. Where it's like you got to let that character go. His story ended. He became one with the Force. This this new movie is about Rey. It's about her rebuilding the Jedi Order, honoring what Luke pa- and Leia passed down to her. If she has kids. It's going, you know, she's going on with her life. Like, like for people to say she needs to be beholden to this past is so damaging to that character. I think people are, people are diminishing and hurting the character of Ray by putting too much focus on the Ben Solo thing. In my opinion, mm-hmm. it's time I think to it would move be, on. I think it would be really cool if they, first of all, she had kids because I'm strongly in that boat. As soon as Chris suggested this uh at the panel i mean i loved it oh my god i didn't even consider this like i was just so excited that ray Mm -hmm. daisy ridley would be back that i didn't even consider what that meant for her character um i would love this that she had either one kids two kids whatever um because it meant she had a family but i think it would be really cool if they actually named the kid ben and then that's how she dealt with it it's like hey this person's not my life anymore but I'm naming the kid this to honor him or something because he saved my life. Like that to me would be a great way to handle it. While also her finding her own <laughs> James, don't start. James is pushing buttons well, tonight. It's no, on I, that. Yeah. It's I, mean, on I, I don't I don't really put too much even on the romantic thing. So to me, I'm saying the that he's sa- just like there was someone special in my life. It's not even he romantic. saved her life. So yeah. that's how I'm putting it is someone gave up their life force for me to live so i'm going to honor them with ben just like kenobi saved leia so she honored her son with the name ben i thought that that might be a cool way to keep it going that being said i like the idea of her having kids because it would be interesting first of all if her child doesn't get along with her like that's an interesting dynamic because i feel like everyone gets along with ray so to have that person that doesn't and it be her own child is like always an interesting kind of dynamic, like the parent kid, you don't understand me, mom, like type thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a different thing for her character. Um, but I also like the idea that by having children in in this world, there's more at risk for her because currently, like, yes, she cares about her friends and she cares about the people that she's in this found family with, but it's different when it's your own child. And you make mm-hmm. harder decisions and um, take more risks when children are involved. So it adds a different level of challenge for her. Yeah, I think. And <clears throat> well, you think about a lot of movies and a trope that the villains often do, and it's used a lot in comic book movies, but just a lot of fantasy movies in general is the villain might not know how to get to the protagonists but they know how to hurt them by hurting the people they love and we've seen it or in putting Spider-Man. them in harm's way yeah yeah we see spider-man batman uh a tons of tons of things um and you could see like i could easily see ray having kids who have the same sort of curious adventurous mind that she had and when we first meet her she's a teenager she's scavenging through these giant star destroyers looking for these little trinkets so that she could feed herself she's very independent so you could see like the fruit falling uh the hydro bread falling from the tree and it's like her kids being smart but adventurous and curious and that sort of thing 
Um, the question would be then, would they follow the trope of, you know, the villain may not know how to get to her in terms of defeating her? Would would someone try to get to her kids? And then that could be a whole thing that the, that opens up the story even more. How does Finn play into that? If we're believing that he's coming back, you know, Uncle Finn or whatever. Um, there's a lot, you know, Uncle Chewie. There's a lot that they can do with these kids. My question to you guys, do you think if Ray has kids, is it a guarantee that they're force sensitive? Is there a chance she, if let's say she has two kids, let's say they, they go for it and do the twin thing. Is it possible one kid's force sensitive, one's not? Is it possible they go deep and give us the split like the Jason and Jaina thing? Oh, I then, don't want them to do that. I was just, I thought that's where you're going. And I really, I'm, I'm just laying out over the one sibling bad, one sibling good. Mm. Get it out of here. Get it. Yeah. Get it out. I mean, we haven't, have we seen that besides EU? We saw it in Visions, but that's yeah. not like really canon. But yeah, EU especially. But I just feel like because it was so prominent in EU, it would just feel like a retelling, if that makes sense. I feel sense. Like, like that's also an old Republic story in the game. I think there's like a, a tale of two sons. Hmm. And they one one was evil and one was good or whatever. There's something along there, but that's legend stuff that hasn't really I'm just I mean of, it's still kind of current but because they're still putting it out but it's yeah. but it's not part of canon. Do you, do you think if Ray has kids would they be force sensitive? I don't know, but let me just finish my one thought before we move away from sure. it. I think I in general and this might make me a bad Star Wars fan, I'm kind of over the good side people turning bad. Like I'm, oh, I'm me over too. that that kind of thing like, you know, Kylo Ren uh, I'm trying to think of other examples. Like people just going to the dark side. I'd rather have a good old fashioned good good side, bad side. Like th- villain we don't know that has no connection to the person on this side. That's just a terrible person. Like mm-hmm. Deidre in Andor. Like no one's connected to her. She's just a bad person. Moff Gideon. <clears throat> he's just a bad person. Um, I I just am kind of over that dynamic of especially the father son mother son mother daughter father daughter like i'd rather just branch away from that kind of family dynamic um and just go more into just something a little different but i do think at least one of her kids will be force sensitive so for our audience who you know i'm sure everyone a lot of people have seen avatar too of course it's like the second highest grossing movie of all time but the um heroes jake and Natiri have kids now and it's just you have all this all these responsibilities as leaders in this chaotic war-torn time and then you add the personal element to it of having to also make sure your kids are safe in this time Mm -hmm. and then as we all know as parents we are no longer number one anymore so Ray if she has kids will immediately have to shift that focus directly to them first as opposed to her found family finn poe chewy everyone else who she sacrificed herself for then so it just adds another wrench to it my question is if they do have ray have kids what would there has to be a reason for it it can't just be oh ray just had kids so the question would be in the script development or story development you know what is the purpose for these kids to the story because you don't just do things just to do them. So that's, I think the biggest question that they would need to answer to justify her having kids. 
in this story. Um, Especially if she's rebuilding a new Jedi order, you know, are the kids involved yeah. in that? You know? So, so my thoughts on a couple of these things as we're moving through this, because when the question was presented to me and even sort of going into this, I was kind of under the impression of like, I think this would probably makes the most sense. And I'm coming from the angle of this is how they continue the Skywalker line. You know, they ended the Skywalker. She took the name now that she's a Skywalker. She has kids. The kids are Skywalkers. And I want to get into the nitty gritty of that. And I already sort of brought up like the husband situation earlier, but like mm-hmm. also like, does that, is that going to be part of this like weird issue of like, you know, it was Han Solo and Leia Organa. And then the son was Ben Solo. It wasn't Ben Organa. So it didn't take the name of the mother. So in this case, if she did marry or did have someone else, they it would probably, the kids would be named after the father and not the son. But I, it, either, either way, if we go down that angle, I don't even know that having kids necessarily s- solves that scenario of like calling them Skywalkers unless they did like a force thing. Um, but m- one of my bigger things, and I want to see how you guys think of this too, is like, I just, I, a, I don't know the way we're talking about this is like, what is the point of the kids in the story is I go, I don't, I think a better story is that she doesn't have kids and that it's Ray. And I think that also sort of, ties in with what the purpose of the story is, is that she's rebuilding the Jedi order. And I don't know why she would be getting married and having kids when she's trying to rebuild this religion. Well, she's not to be married. She's married. Yeah. What? She's not who to be said married? she's married? Yeah. There's so okay. many circumstances. Like she could have met someone and then it didn't work out. She can meet someone and then they die. It can there's so many instances, especially in Disney movies, where the mother is raising the child or children on her own. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But I'm I'm still looking at a situation where her main goal in life right now is to take all of all of the books that she has, flip through them, read through them, and rebuild this order. And yet, in the meantime, she now has kids, and it's like that doesn't fit in with the attachments. It doesn't fit in with everything that she's trying to build in. And and of course they could go that route of saying like, well, now we're going to let Jedi have this stuff. But I, I, I don't think that, I don't know. I just don't see that being the scenario where Ray's like, I just, I want to have kids and I want to have a family. So I'm going to restart this religion, but I'm going to tear a couple of these pages out. Uh, I, so you just made me think of something because that strict policy and I don't know that that is from the Jedi texts. That could have been something that evolved over time as the Jedi became more of this, you know, rule stricken, you know, evolved society. I mean, churches over time, you know, rewrite their rules and that sort of thing. Um, if the force was founded 25,000 years ago and who knows when the texts were written, things change over time and people start getting loosey goosey and start getting a little weird and whoever's in charge makes up new rules and you know, all that stuff. Plus it's her Jedi order. She can but, yeah. do whatever she wants. And look what happened to Anakin when he had to abide by the rules of you cannot have attachment, you cannot have kids and stuff. And he had to hide it and it led to everything that happened between him, I, Padme yeah. and his kids. So I think, I think people, yeah, learning, I hear that a lot, but I don't actually subscribe to that. Subscribe to what? That it was the attachment rule that drove him 
to the dark side. I think it was because he was being preyed on by the Sith Lord. I think many factors drove Anakin. Yeah. And one of them was having to cover that up. Padme had to cover it up. There were a lot of things that, that went into play. Um, and then I think learning from the past, you know, maybe Ray doesn't see any of that in the texts. And maybe that's where the Jedi went wrong. And maybe that's why the Jedi fell. Maybe that's why they lost touch with the ability to use the force as Mace Windu said, because they went off the path. Maybe she's actually bringing us back to more of the organic way that the order was supposed to be. And we're going to see something that we've never seen before that happened to be the way it was. And maybe Mangold's movie sheds light on that too. So we get future and past telling us how it really was supposed to be when all these guys in the prequel era screwed it all up for us. Um, but I'm, I'm with you, James. I don't know that she, I'm not saying her having kids would be the like the best way to go. Maybe her not having that allows Ray to fully be Jedi Ray. Um, but the idea when it was asked to us definitely made a, I could, the room and us. It made us all just sort of say, "Oh my god!" I like I, me anyway. I said I didn't even think about that. So it's just it's a provocative, interesting thing to think about. The only question is is like I said, you need a reason to have them exist because Ray, it's like you ever seen like the show, um, everybody loves Raymond or like a lot of sitcoms, they'll have like little kids and then like three seasons in, they'll like write those kids off and they're just like up in their room playing because they don't work. I don't want that to happen here in Star Wars where it's like almost like what happened with Jar Jar, like the backlash of Jar Jar. All of a sudden it becomes a cameo in the next two movies. I don't want Ray to have these kids and it not work, and then then they go to like summer camp for the next two. Okay, movies. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Let's be honest; that's never going to happen. I'm, I'm just saying there has my the point of my what I'm saying here is there has to be a a concrete, valid reason from a story perspective to introduce Ray having kids. I and I'm just not sure what that is because Lacey, like you're saying, you don't like the idea of oh well, you know there's a dark side element here. I also don't know if we want to see kids getting kidnapped in Star Wars, but there has to be something to create conflict in the story involving kids. Otherwise they're just there to be there. I think that the way this conversation has kind of turned is that Ray shouldn't have kids because then she can focus on the Jedi order and it's not what she wants. I don't think we're any of us are at the point that we can consciously say what this character wants because we're Agreed. not writing the story. That being Agreed. said, I don't think that's a story Disney wants to tell where she doesn't want to belong and have a family and she's just focused on the Jedi Order because I think if there's anything we've learned about Rey in the sequel trilogy is that she just wanted to belong somewhere. She didn't want to be alone anymore. So mm -hmm. I can't see her being like, if given the opportunity to have children, that she mm -hmm. wouldn't. Now, again, they might go that route, but I don't know if I necessarily like that route because she, like the whole time we see her in the sequel trilogy, she's alone. She's debating who her parents are. She just wants to know who they are. She wants to know what happened to her family. She was locking it out due to trauma, like all this other stuff. Why wouldn't she then want that for herself? I agree. And I think the argument of, oh, well, then she can focus on being you know, leading the Jedi Order, she literally saw what happened to Luke and had to deal with Luke and everything that happened to him. Why would she then turn around and do the exact same thing? It just doesn't make sense. 
to me. Well, well no, I'm, I'm just, just going off. They told us that's what she's told doing. Us that's she's what rebuilding she's doing. the Jedi Order. So but I'm they going, didn't okay, well, what say, does that mean? But they didn't specifically say, <clears> like, she's only doing that. That is all she's worried about. No, I don't think we're saying well, that either. I think I'm sort of saying James that. Is. because I, Yeah. Because oh. what I'm saying is if if they're saying the story is that she's going you know, down this path, then I go, okay, then that path is the path that you're not traditionally, you know, like you're not allowed to have these attachments and stuff. John brings up a good point. They could say in the lore somewhere along the lines of like that, that that was never a part of it or something like that. But I, I just feel like that's always been part of a Jedi thing. I think where the Jedi failed is when the Sith came in and started taking over. But the, the core concepts of, you know, don't have these attachments and, and be just like this warrior for good and, and not have this thing that's always going to hold you back. That's, I mean, that exactly what you brought up earlier, like that, that carries over into just like the superhero story of like, it's not a good idea to get involved with people. Um, I mean, I understand. I like that Ray wanted the family and she wanted belonging, but I, but it sounds to me like the path she's choosing is the Jedi path and not the, the, now that I've figured out all my history, the family. I think you're stuck on, stuck on the idea that her being a Jedi means her being what Yoda was. And I don't think that's the case because even Yoda in the last Jedi says she has everything she needs. You got to let her do her thing. So well, then she's not a Jedi. She's something else. She can be a Jedi and and not and have a boyfriend. <laughs> like Anakin was a was a Jedi and was married to Padme in secret and had kids. And Obi Wan and Satine. I mean, but he would have been kicked out of the Jedi <laughs> group. But I'm saying I think you're stuck on this. This is what the Jedi are, and not this is what the Jedi are now. Because yeah, if it's her Jedi Order, she can be whatever she wants it to be. It's her Jedi Order. They're using Jedi Order as a term of she's starting up a school to train people that are Force sensitive. Not, mm-hmm. hey, she's taking what was done here that failed and bringing it back and doing it again. That'd be a horrible storytelling, too. Because there's not... I mean, I love the she's Jedi. she's learned nothing. But she's learned nothing. I, I love oh, the Jedi, but there's nothing more boring than Jedi. They are boring. Which and is then, what you said I, about having a Jedi Academy, by the way. Yes. And like, <laughs> Mace Windu, like, boring character. Sorry. Hot take, folks. It's just like, what did he do besides just tell people that they're doing things wrong for three movies and then he got killed? Like, Kiati Mundi, dude is boring. Like, it's just Jedi are boring. In, in that prequel era where they had this very strict way of saying this is how you have to be. And what the reason why Qui-Gon, who was not boring wasn't allowed on the Jedi councils because he bent the rules sometimes. I want that type of Jedi again. And I don't think the Jedi of the prequels had it right. I think they had some weird, twisted, evolved version of what it is to be a Jedi. And that's what screwed everything up for them. And Which I think- is what you then see, I think, in Andor, and then especially in The Mandalorian with the New Republic, of people that are following rules to a point that is bad. Yeah. and I, But also, just from a storytelling perspective, mm. it would be boring if we fade in and the stars fade down to a planet and oh there's a new jedi temple and there's padawans practicing with the lightsaber and there's these rules in a library i'm like we saw this already man it's got to be new and i think newness has to do with the evolution of the idea and i think they're realizing the evolution ideas 
don't like i think the jedi were afraid and i think that's because their downfall they were so afraid that they added all these rules in to what you can't do and when you're afraid of something you create more rules to prevent death to prevent injury to prevent loss to prevent hurt to prevent losing your power so palpatine was a little bit right that the jedi were afraid of losing their power and they have this dogmatic angle that they approached in the prequels. And I think that's what George Lucas was sort of telling is that they did lose their way. And Mace Windu admitted it. He said, we've lost, we have to admit that we've lost our ability to use the force. And I think this might be the, the whole text thing. There's things in there that the Jedi stopped following during the era of the prequel trilogy. And maybe she'll tap back into that realizing, wait, they got it all wrong. You know, love is actually a good thing or you know something like that so maybe that's the story reason for her having kids is the show that you can still be a jedi and be the best of the best of the jedi but still have family and frankly seeing two little kids with the last name dameron sign me up sounds good (laughs) he's always he's always pushing for it folks although i thought i mean did did, did you see the end of the last jedi because i did when we saw the rise of Skywalker the first time and she fell through the like sinking sands and he catches her, I turned to John and I went, no, because I thought like a that scene right out of the mummy. He's dressed like li- Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I literally was like, they're going to do that. Cause then they had them arguing at the beginning of the film. I was like, Oh my God, they're doing this. They're doing the, the Han Solo Leia thing. I was like, Oh no. Watch, watch it's Poe. I know it's going to upset people who wanted Poe and Finn. I understand that. Listen, and people are upset about Ben Solo. You're not gonna always going to get what you want in your fictional relationships. But if they, some, for whatever reason, and James, I'm going to give you plenty of opportunity to come back in at me, of course. But if, if for whatever reason, they do Poe and Ray, and they have kids, and then, like I said, Oscar Isaac doesn't want to be all in, so he gets killed, there's your there's your big, big uh, story. Wait. Yeah. I, like, I mean, they I were like, going to be the love interest. I like in- Ray and Poe. Yeah. Colin Trevorrow's thing, right? Weren't they a love yeah. tr- or she like tricked him into kissing him or something? I don't know what it was. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something weird. But James, I, I and I know you disagree, so I want to give you an opportunity in terms of what I was saying about well, why I think I mean, the I Jedi think had this got it is, wrong. This is I mean, even before we were podcasting, I think this is like this this viewpoint that I have on on the Jedi, and it seems like it's not very common. Like I think like, cause it seems like in, in that argument that you were given, it's like the Jedi of the prequel movies, they got all screwed up. And I was like, they got all screwed up because the Sith was infiltrating them. Multiple like, reasons. Yeah. They, they, but the Jedi, this, this text, this concept, this, this order that they've established has been around for a thousand generations, like since like the prime Jedi or whatever, like how, how, we don't know all the details there, but it's like, Jedi under this rule of like the no attachments and be this like single lone warrior type thing um, worked for a very long time. And the reason they told the story at the very end was something all of a sudden happens that causes them to fall off. And a lot of people point to it's their doctrine. It's like, oh, they had these rules that if, and if Anakin would have just been able to do this, I was like, that's not the problem. I think the problem was the Sith was was slowly like 
like getting into their minds and causing them to be like confused and not being able to use the force. And it was like something that was new and happening right at that time. And I think, you know, the Palpatine saying, you should love Padme, go for it. Yeah, it's like it's leading him down the path. It wasn't it wasn't the right thing to do. He was being led that way. And it's like it ends up it ends up sort of being fine because he does have this relationship and we do get these awesome kids out of it or whatever, but it's not the Jedi way. So see, I, but I, like, you're arguing for this, James, and yeah. you look at things in like the high Republic and other things. And there were relationships going on. There were relationships going in the prequels. Yeah. But against the order. I understand that. But then we have in the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, multiple people, including Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker saying that the Jedi were wrong. That everything they did. That's was what wrong. I'm trying to say. I think, but they, I don't. They, think, I don't. I think characters in the movies can also be wrong about things. Like they can have an opinion on things, and it still not be the whole big picture. Yeah. I think that as human beings, and as human beings, nonfiction, as an us, and fictionally, are always looking for connection. That's who we are at a baseline. We're looking for community, and we want to be loved, and that's how humans operate. So you can't tell this story and say, you're not allowed to love anybody. You're not allowed to be in any type of relationship. No, not allowed. It's always going to happen. So I don't think you can have Ray, who's wanted a family these entire movies and talks about basically. With that. Right. I don't think she's going to form a Jedi order where she can't have that. But what I do disagree with is I don't think a lot of these Jedi characters were looking for love. Or, I guess family. I lost you because we're talking about Ray, so I'm confused. Well, you just you just is. said you just said a bunch of these Jedi characters, like as every human is looking for that connection, and I don't think a lot of the Jedi were looking for that connection. Like I don't think Yoda was longing for a family. I think he was like dedicated to his. Well, we don't know that yet. That story hasn't been told, but we know it with Obi Wan, we know it with Anakin, we know it with Luke. I, I know, Luke, and, and it, it's want to live in the swamp to me that in too. recent Star Wars stories yeah. they always talk about that. But I think one of the things is like Obi Wan had that struggle, but he also overcame that struggle. Like he Did didn't he leave the order. He didn't leave the mm -hmm. order, but then he regretted things that he'd done in the past. I think that the yeah. Jedi in general have just a lot of regrets. So that's why when we're talking about Rey, I think they're going to go about this very differently. And I think if they fall back on the, oh, Jedi can't do this and this and this, it's going to be a boring story. And it doesn't yes. fit to who her character is whatsoever. Because even in The Last Jedi, when Luke is telling her that the Jedi Order is wrong and she takes these books, Yoda's telling her she has everything she needs already. She doesn't right. even need the books. That's basically telling well, them well, that she doesn't need to well, follow unless, anything. Unless Yoda knew that she had, unless Yoda knew she had the books, and that was his. But own. I don't yeah, think Yoda, at his point as a Force ghost, would turn around and be like, "Yes, Ray, follow all these rules." He saw no, what happened no, firsthand. No, yeah, yeah. I think what what's interesting is that hmm. the natural course of this conversation led to you know what are the what what's being a Jedi mean in the future, and I think that's interesting in itself. And for me just as a fan of the stories, I need it to be different than what I've seen. I don't need to see 12 people in brown robes putting their fingers together like this, sitting crisscrossed in, in, in a cold, very cold looking room, probably no heat, <laughs> just sitting there staring at each other for no reason. They all had stabilized chairs though. 
I know telling you're each other, that, like, telling each other constantly you what you can't do the whole but time. But they're supposed to be like samurai, like in the, and it's like samurai are cool. Samurai with families who have kids and they go home and they make the coffee. Like that's not as cool as being the lone warrior. I think it's, I think what's going to happen. Like, I think that's like, I'm trying to spin it back to Jedi. Being cool a Jedi and being a mom could just be as cool as her not being a mom. I think, I think with, with Ray, especially she's still going to be on the younger side and stuff. And if she does have kids and maybe, you know, she doesn't, you know, maybe that just doesn't, it's not something they explore, but the whole 15 year thing makes me think, well, why would you push it that far ahead? Unless that's there's a good a, chunk a of time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they could easily just pick it back up in a few years later. They're doing 15 years for a reason. My, my thought is maybe because of the kids. Um, but I would think if Ray's rebuilding a Jedi order, you know, she's one of the strongest Jedi ever. You know, she has all the Jedi that live in you now sort of thing. I would imagine her kids probably are force sensitive, which would lead me to think that her kids are part of this rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, how old are the kids? Are the kids five? Are the kids 10? That's another thing that comes into play, too. Eight. Yeah. Yeah, you need to decide whether these kids are going to be little warriors. Um, so it's just a lot to think about. But I guess we acknowledge the fact that there's more likely than not that maybe she doesn't have kids because we we're just it came up in a question and it's just one last thing. That- I'm just going to mm-hmm. throw out there though that Leia, being the person that she is, that was all gung ho, government, 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 New Republic rebellion. That's all I care about. Got pregnant the night on Endor with Ben Solo. So. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's a perfect example of a woman that is fully into her career and then has a kid anyway. I guess Han did shoot first. (laughs) 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 Did did Leia give up her political career when she had Ben, though? No, she didn't. And that's what I'm arguing, James, is that you're saying that, oh, she'd be cooler. I think she she did. She didn't. She did not. What's that? She did not give up her political career. That Leia stopped being so political after they had won the war and she settled down. She had the family. And then when Ben fell to the dark side, she went back into fighting. She she went back to what she knew what to do best. Yeah. But I, but I the, think in the time that he was being raised, she was she was a mom. Yeah. The, the question is that that might be a big part of the story as it moves forward, because don't forget, and this is important that you bring that up, both of you. Is that Kathleen Kennedy said she's going to learn the lessons passed down from her by Luke. She didn't say Leia, but mm-hmm. I think JJ made a deliberate choice to make sure Leia was also a big part of uh, Ray's training to really earn that Skywalker moniker because the two people who trained her were Luke and Leia. Mm-hmm. And I think she probably learned a lot from both of them about life, about being a Jedi. You know, there's a the whole year of Leia and Ray that we haven't seen yet, that if that's going to be explored, that she's really carrying on with those two gave her, which is a good way to still stay connected without like focusing too much on the fan service of Luke and Leia, blah, blah, blah. We may get a book comics and stuffing uh, and stuff like that. Uh, really seeing what conversations Leia and Ray had together, because she may talk to her about like, her regrets as a parent and things she did wrong, things she did right. And then use that 
supplemental material to help us understand the choices, life choices Ray makes going forward, because clearly those two had a heavy influence on her. Some people didn't like it, but the two people that show up to her as she buries the lightsabers and takes on the name, which means a lot to her now because she found her family, was Leia and Luke. So I think Mm -hmm. Leia and Luke are going to be in that new movie, but through Ray, And we're going to see like the the things that she took from both of them in addition to the texts. It's going to be sort of this cocktail of that as to what she's going to create moving forward. I just hope, my last thought, is that it feels different. I just don't want it to feel like I'm watching episode one again and we got the damn tower and the Jedi master room and the classrooms and libraries. I don't want any of that stuff. I want it to be smaller. I want it to be, you know, I want Jedi to still feel special and uh, I hope it feels a bit different. And that's why I'm probably pushing more back against you, James, than I normally would is because I just don't want to regurgitate the old Jedi stuff that we saw from the prequels. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I was going to mention to you mentioned that book about like what like the book that would take place learning with Leia. I think that would be a great book, but they're not going to do that until they set up this probably movie. not. Movie. Till, yeah, yeah. Let yeah the, they're going to the do movie the movie, happen. let yeah. the creators do that, and then once we get that and kind of establish where she's at and what she's doing, what the goal is, then they can go back and fill in and, and have Leia be like, I think you should do exactly what <laughs> you end up. So, so just a- after this conversation now, where are you leaning? Do, are you interested in the idea and leaning more toward like 51% you want her to have kids versus 49 or are you like, nah, you know what? Maybe not. Uh, I'm leaning towards, I'm interested. I want to see, Ray have kids. That's where I'm at right now. I might change, but that's where I'm at right now. Lacey, what about you? Hundred percent. Would love to see it. Hundred percent. Okay, James, <laughs> you, you, where are you at? I think, I think that I fight a losing battle. I think most people agree with you guys on that scenario. I think that it doesn't, it doesn't make sense yet unless you want to change what a Jedi is. And then I start to question, well, then we're getting into like what, you know, you're changing what Lucas thought a Jedi was too and all this. But regardless of that, I I think that they probably will do that because of what you guys are saying. Um, they'll go down that route and I'd be okay with going on that journey. But right now, if I had a preference, I say, no, I think she finds new kids and those kids are not her kids, but they're her kids like a teacher or a mentor or a master to a, a Padawan, they still mean something to her, but they don't have to be her biological children. I think that's the better story. That could be powerful too. I'm not going to lie because she knows what that's like as well. So <laughs> I no agree with Lacey that. though, as Ray seems like a character who wants family. She wants family. Yes. To me, when I look at these two ideologies and I know you're saying they can be one and the same, but I sort of see them as separate paths. When she says, I will, you know, or Luke says, and I will not be the last Jedi cuts to her. And she's clearly choosing the Jedi path. That to me seems like she's choosing the Jedi path and not choosing the normal galactic standard of starting a family being, you know, and having that world and just kind of like. But the whole movie, Luke Skywalker saying that the Jedi path is not the path you should take. Like he's literally saying that to her the entire movie. 
No, but I think by the end of the movie, he changes his whole opinion on a lot of this stuff. He does, no, he does go no, save no, the no, day. No, no. He That's says, a separate conversation, but absolutely does not. He's saying that she's not the last Jedi in the sense of she's not the last one that's going to help save everybody. Like, he's not the last person. There's going to be someone that's better for him that's going to help everybody. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's interesting that the idea of what a Jedi is and what that evolves into dominated the conversation. Cause I think that's a, a good thing. I think that's mm-hmm. a good thing because mm-hmm. I like, you know, that it's still an evolving thing. Otherwise we've seen that story before, you know? So, yeah, uh, I, I definitely, I definitely see it. it, it it's kind of like one of those things. Like if, if this was a movie about vegetarians, like would this vegetarian person eventually start eating meat? You know what I mean? Would we, would we go down that path? No, and it's like, not. That is that is not a good analogy whatsoever. <laughs> that is not the same, James. Come on. That is not the same. I think that is the same. I think because even, you're talking about Pablo someone used that, that has, example. You're having someone that if you're talking about vegetarians, that's someone that is strongly against killing animals and eating them and eating their byproducts. You yeah, cannot no, say about, that's the same as this the Jedi. Way down the line. Like <laughs> talking about that's not one-to-one that is i'm talking about any any code that anybody follows they say i believe something so i'm going to i'm going to say this and these are the kind of the rules that are set around what makes you a vegetarian is these like set of rules if you change those rules then you know you get into other things pescatarian or whatever but i'm trying to make it simple but i guess like why don't we leave it at this question yeah because then we could pick this up later when the Dameron family sits down for dinner, is there meat on the table or not? And then we'll expand upon that on a future episode. Yes. Yeah. Poe and Ray and little Poe Jr. and little Ray Jr. And away we go. Um, now, this is an interesting discussion. Like, there was, we didn't really have, like, we never plan these out. So we never know where these are going to go. Yeah. But it's definitely something we can, you know, as that's the, the best part about new Star Wars movies coming out is you get those little tidbits of information come out and we get to speculate more on them and stuff because <laughs> i'm sure you go back to you know pre tlj pre rise of skywalker pre whatever movies that were coming out there's probably a lot of conversations we had they were like oh my god can you believe we had that conversation so i just hope <laughs> yeah. everyone had a good time listening to it and i'm curious what they think because i haven't heard anyone else really talking about this so i'm curious mm-hmm. when this comes out monday what the fallout is with that with our audience and maybe other podcasters but Pretty cool conversation. I'm glad we all sort of, uh, I don't know, you guys maybe think about different things differently too. So very mm-hmm. cool. Uh, anything else you guys want to put out there before we uh, close this one? No. I can't wait to see Good. Ray back again. I, me too. Me too. Excited, so. All right. Uh, thank, thank you everybody for listening, watching, being a part of TRB. Uh, like we said uh, at the Patreon Padres, subscribe, share, spread the word, everything. We appreciate all of your help. Thank you so, so much. Um, We will be back Thursday live. TRB Live is back in rotation until Ahsoka comes out. So pretty much coasting through most of summer with TRB Live on Thursdays. So uh, make sure you set your calendars for that. We'll we'll be talking Star Wars news live on Thursdays. Maybe keep doing the Resistance transmissions. Hopefully you all like that. And then these Mondays will be these discussion type shows. So um, we hope you enjoyed it very much. Uh, For me, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and... uh, movie podcast just like the movies and the the shorts on our channel and a lot of uh, other stuff we're going to be doing here 
on Patreon and uh, beyond. Uh, Lacey, how about you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillern and on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillern. James Bain. Both on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. All right. Uh, again, reminder, everybody, two weeks from tomorrow, Make Solo 2 Happen Day is coming back. So you want to hit your social media apps and use the hashtag and let people know how much you love Solo and would love to see Alder Ehrenreich return with Jonas and company. Uh, but we hope you have a great week and we will see you all live Thursday night with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>